0: Welcome to the series of podcasts for Fintech CTO Club, a community where tech executives learn and share best leadership practices. Here, Vasyl Soloschuk, CEO of INSART and the author of Fintech CTO Club, will discuss burning topics on the Fintech product development arena with the technical leaders in the industry. This is episode 13 of our podcast. We are going to talk with Tony Lil, CTO at Mining Guide Pro, which offers financial planning software for college, retirement,
1: real estate, asset location and insurance needs analysis.: Could you please uh, you know, uh, uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell us what's your background in Fintech space uh, briefly? Sure..
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, Tony Lill. I'm, uh, president of InvestNet Money Guide. Mm-hmm. Um, background is, um, I am, uh, let see, computer science major in college. Mm-hmm. Um, started, uh, the day I got a college in, you know, basically in software development. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I've been doing it for over, <clears throat> excuse me, over 30 some odd years. Uh-huh. Um, And my passion is is software development. I love Mm -hmm. every bit Mm -hmm. about software development. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Software development, to me, is uh, lets me be an author. It's like being an author of a book. You get to write the book. You get to write how it begins. You get to write the middle. You get to write the end. uh, You get to rewrite things you don't like. You get to create your own story. Uh And then you publish it, and people love it or they hate it. Okay. Give you various critiques and and so I just I love and very passionate about the entire uh, process Mm -hmm. of software development.
1: Okay, okay, that's great. And uh, as soon as you have a very long career in software development as a technology leader, so my question is so um, and and probably you probably you you have and had. Different challenges on uh, different stages of your career and uh, the money guide pro development. Uh, so, could you tell us, please, how these challenges how these challenges evolved, uh, like when starting from scratch going forward, and how they transformed into the current situation.
0: Um. Let's see. I'm not sure how to ask. Um, okay to be honest with you um, we we try to run the business and do run the business um, mm-hmm. uh, let's call it very very humbly we you know it took us um, quite a few years to get our feet under us let's call it uh, mm-hmm. but in this space in fintech space you can never be comfortable mm-hmm. um, because there's competitors always there's always a startup around the corner. And so we've always kind of run the business um, as if we've never succeeded. Um, Which means you've got to strive to try to succeed. And Mm -hmm. um, so we've always just kind of run the business that, um, that we, we have to continuously innovate because we haven't really achieved what we want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Um, And we feel that that's been a real key to our success is we've never gotten to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And so if you've never gotten to the finish line, that means you're always reinventing. You're always resculpting uh, your, your artwork, let's call it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that just makes it, that makes it fun to come in every day. I don't know what we'd do if you ever got to the finish line. I'm not sure what you would do. So, mm-hmm. um, how we run the business and uh and thoroughly thoroughly enjoy running it that
1: way okay okay so uh you know looking backwards uh do you think that uh, and having all the experience you have right now so do you think that you could do something different in some other way than you that you have done and you know be more uh be successful more faster so what 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 kind of things would you name what kind of things would you do in a different way? Sure. Uh, to be honest with you, I wouldn't do a single thing different. <laughs> okay. um, I really wouldn't. Every
0: single failure, if, if you don't fail, you don't remember it as well. Yes. Um, and so every single thing, if, if I ever sit down and talk to people about our company, I spend very little time speaking about the things we've done right. I speak more about the things we've done wrong and, but, but those are where we learned. And even the things that we did wrong mm-hmm. helped direct us and give us more strength in the areas because we would, even when you're wrong, you're not wrong a hundred percent. You might be wrong 70%. Well, mm-hmm. 30% of that information you can then use to bend mm-hmm. the product to where you want it to go. Mm-hmm. So, um I to be a rebel and um and mature and grow from every mistake we make and mm-hmm. uh and look forward to the next mistake. Um okay. it's just it it absolutely um uh, I think is a fundamental part of of creating software is mm-hmm. is to have failure. It's just part of it.
1: So how to you log- don't want mm-hmm. failure if you don't want failure, failure, you just create a version and never update it. Yes,
0: and you know you'll fail in a different way, but you sure won't fail that the software is not stable because mm-hmm. you know it, you never modified it the rest of your life. So um, this 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 industry is built off of uh, of reacting to failures mm-hmm. and how you do that if you embrace them or not.
1: Hmm. Hmm. So, how do you learn from uh, failure? So, what the most efficient way to learn from failure? Because uh, many people, when they fail, they just stop.
0: Um. Well, first of all, we try to um. Most efficient way. Um. What we try to do is try to do our um. We tr- we. What do we call we we build quickly Mm -hmm. and 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 get as quick as we possibly can the Mm -hmm. various things that we create out to the market Mm -hmm. and allow the market to pass judgment on the direction we're going. Mm -hmm. And we then are extremely quick in then reinventing our Mm -hmm. image we end up with the product that we want mm-hmm. so we, we don't spend two years developing something and then hope like heck it works mm-hmm. um, we try to to break it down into um, uh, much faster uh, development cycles and smaller pieces and get that as quick as we can out to the market That's that's been a key to us um, mm-hmm.
1: okay Okay, got it, got it. So you know, I personally believe that the corporate culture is very important for the success of the whole organization, but you know every team, every company, they define the corporate culture in their own way um, and uh, what what what's to your opinion is corporate culture for your company for yourself? what are the maybe specific things that you can tell us about your corporate culture and how it how how the whole engineer and organization can benefit uh, out of the corporate culture that you have sure
0: our culture um is 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 really built probably the best way to uh, summarize our culture is creativity Mm -hmm. um our culture is is based on uh, a creative mindset so our office is very, very creative, lots of artwork, lots of uh, every developer has their own mm-hmm. office. Uh, they build their own environment. Uh, we feel that you spend a lot of time at work, so we need to make sure that that environment is as conducive as possible uh, mm-hmm. to a comfortable environment for each employee. Mm-hmm. And so by creating a very um, fun and uh, creative experience allows uh, not only the designers but the builders, everybody, to be kind of involved mm-hmm. in that creative process. And uh, and then the other side of that mm-hmm. means that you that you have to embrace the the ideas that our engineers, for example, will go off and. They have to be comfortable that when, for example, the analogy of writing a book, uh-huh. so when they write chapter one, that we're going to look at it and say, you know what, we've changed our mind. Chapter one, we're going to write it completely different instead of, uh-huh. you know, it being a biography, it's going to be fiction or whatever. And they have to be responsive. They, they have to embrace. They have to be sad, mm-hmm. right, because they spend a lot of time working on something. Mm-hmm. But they then have to they have to mourn. And then as quickly as possible, embrace the new chapter one and get excited about what that's going to be and embrace that and start off and create that. Mm-hmm. Um, other, not everybody's built for that. Okay. Um, some, okay. some, some developers like, well, this, this means you don't know what you're doing. If you keep changing the, the chapter, that means you don't know what you're building. So mm-hmm. I can't take that. And so it's not meant, FinTech is not meant for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're, when you're developing something that does not exist, mm-hmm. there is no roadmap. Yes. And, uh, and that's very hard for certain engineers to accept. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it definitely takes a special breed of, of individual. And, and so that's the reason I say, uh, creative is so important. That's really uh, you know it's a fun creative environment that that we build
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. okay okay so um, and what do you think uh, what's your main criteria when you hire new engineers for your team so what's the lessons learned uh, through all the years of your experience uh, of hiring
0: oh boy um, I definitely mm-hmm. don't have um, I don't have a secret formula. I can oh, just yeah. tell you that um, that that we find that that the real the the real thing that separates um, really quality fintech developers mm-hmm. are are the ones are the ones who are just completely committed, um, just really um, that their their effort. Overtake many, many other challenges. So mm-hmm. uh, that is the real thing that we see is that, you know, this is their software.
1: Okay. It's
0: not mine. Okay. And so they take a huge, huge level of ownership. Mm-hmm. And when you find the engineers and developers that take ownership, then they realize that anytime anything happens in that software, it is their fault. Mm-hmm they're not they're not saying well it must be QA's fault QA didn't catch it or UAT testers didn't find it or what the design wasn't right mm-hmm. they take it personally anytime something doesn't run it is a hundred percent on their shoulders and when you find developers that look at it that way you're going to be very successful from a development standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: okay okay thank you and uh, uh, what do you think about the software, uh, software architecture and software and technology stack strategy? I mean that, you know, when you develop a software for years, uh, certainly it will be, it will have some so- a certain level of technical depth and you need to tackle with it, but you need certainly to do, to deliver, uh, business, uh, business features. Uh, so, what's uh, maybe what what are the main points uh, that you need to take into account when you plan your software architecture and your technology stack uh, for the when uh, for your for your product for your software product? Sure,
0: sure. Um, uh, well, first of all, you go into it knowing that its life is maybe three years. Mm-hmm. Um, that. That the uh, the tech stack is changes and is going to continue to change so quickly mm-hmm. that your tech stack decisions do not have the same lifespan that they had ten or twenty years ago, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, so you have to absorb that. And as a business, you have to build into your funding process that 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 tech stack and that that investment you will have to be making every two to three years to, to re-architect your technology Mm -hmm. is just part of being in the business. Um, And so that then when it comes to deciding it, you you know, we, we always have carried um, uh, some lead engineers that, that spend uh, a decent percentage of their time always looking at, what the latest technology is that are coming out, and they create prototypes Mm -hmm. of software applications to uh, see the pros and cons of that technology. Mm -hmm. And then probably the hardest decision we have to make is, in any of this new tech stack offerings, we have to roll the dice and try to determine which product is going to win. Okay. So that's a really, that's a super hard thing to do. And we don't know who's going to win, but we have to guess. So, and many times the best uh, tech stack doesn't win. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best tool doesn't win because the other tool marketed the product better or whatever it may be. And so gravitating to a tech stack that's got a lot of power to it, but only three people in the industry use it because we all chose the other one then means you can't hire new developers because nobody wants to code in the tech stack that you selected mm-hmm. um so so that takes um you know that takes luck and skill and you know sometimes you choose the right tech stack and sometimes you don't yes if you choose wrong if you choose wrong the the, the engineers have to, uh, and the engineers have been fortunate enough that they don't sit there and say, well, I love this software anyway, we got to keep using it. They realize that, you know, the tech stack is, is that, you know, A a lost and B is the one everybody's gravitating to. Mm-hmm. Let's lick our wounds and start moving our stuff over to, to, to tech stack B instead of A.
1: Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. So uh, what do you think about the, uh, you know, what are the, uh major things going on in the fintech space maybe uh, something related to like machine learning or behavior analytics or like uh, continuous uh, uh, like continue the trend of integrations between many many players in the ecosystem so what what do you think are the most important trends uh, we observe in the fintech maybe more specifically in the wealth stack well
0: um the wealth tax space, um, you're seeing
1: probably one of the bigger things. You're seeing a lot of consolidation. Obviously, we were bought by InvestNet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so you're seeing a lot of consolidation in the space that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely see a lot more interest now in the financial planning space. Mm-hmm. Um, integration has always been near and dear to our heart. We have, uh, I think, we're up to 189 integration partners. Um, and we see integration becoming more and more a part of uh, the ecosystem in the fintech space. Uh, one software product cannot do every single thing an advisor needs in their day. So there will always be a CRM. There'll be a need for planning. There's a need for portfolio management, rebalancing, you name it. Mm-hmm. Trading. There's all those yes. systems uh, need to exist. Um, and it's important for the vendors in that space to play together and make their data move seamlessly, uh, throughout these applications and with a, with an interface as similar as possible, um, mm-hmm. to make that experience and that transition smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we, we continue to see that as, as being more and more powerful in the future. You know, we're seeing, uh, Investnet, uh has a has a product um, called Vision, where mm-hmm. you know they're doing business intelligence, um, taking data from all sorts of various providers. We're we're just now starting to uh, to work with that group, okay. um, but by by using that type of accumulation of data, obviously the advisor then can be more effective in the decisions they make and the client's Mm -hmm. issues that the client and concerns, the client may have. Mm -hmm. We have a block feature that we've created a money guide that has a, um, that has a a Netflix type look to it. It's um, Mm -hmm. like Hulu and the rest of them, um, but it's, this this method of choosing block, you know, I'm interested in social security, I'm interested in healthcare, I'm interested in inflation, I'm interested in mm-hmm. uh, uh, me and my wife are going to retire in two mm-hmm. or three years. And there's this quiz that me and my wife can take to see if we can uh, get a vision of what, and it's got nothing to do with, can you afford retirement? It's just, you know, my wife wants to travel and I want to stay at home.
1: Okay. Uh, she wants to have, she wants to have a house in the country and I want to live in the city. So it's having it's
0: having that interaction um, that a couple should have and not just retire one day and then stare at each other and then determine that they're not very compatible. Uh, so it's like a compatibility retirement game. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have all these blocks, and we're using that Hulu netflix type look okay. to serve up the, these blocks. And what we're excited about with products like InvestNet Vision is uh-huh. is how then we can say, you know, people like you also would watch and would would run these other blocks and, and you know, here are the most trending now uh-huh. uh, blocks that people are using. So we're really excited about the future of where our blocks can take us and where data and analytics, which I couldn't do on my own. Okay. It's not our it's not a song suit. Our we, we believe in getting in one lane that we are good at and staying in it, and it's a full-time job to, to stay in just the lane of financial planning. So that's the reason uh, having partners like uh, InvestNet, who you know has aggregation and all these other things, allows us now to integrate with, with those product lines to help us.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um uh, so uh when I visited your office and uh, you know I I saw it 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 really looks very extraordinary and very stylish and uh, so my question so what's uh, what the idea behind it and uh, you know whose idea was it and why uh, why have you done this and if it is beneficial for the corporate culture you know to have that kind of stylish office for where everybody can work. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure, uh, Bob Curtis, uh, the founder of of Pi Tech, um, is is the uh, creative genius behind the buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's he's very very, and that's where a, a lot of our culture came from, and that's the reason creativity is what I mentioned earlier. He's an incredibly creative individual, um, and so we we made our office fun super creative and it's now become a real destination for our clients which has been a lot of fun so they look forward to coming to our offices um, mm-hmm. and obviously I was just on the phone with uh, one of our customers earlier a new customers and they were on, online and they're like we just want to come and work in your office for a week we just would like to work down there it looks you know, uh, so creative and, and fun and a great environment to work in so but that's all the genius of, of Bob Curtis. He's the one who who designed
1: and architected that whole thing. I just went along for the ride. Cool, cool, cool. So, um, just just few uh, few more questions. Uh, so, what uh, I mean aside of the box? So, do you have any any hobbies, any interests that uh, you know help you maybe recharge and? Uh, keep the balance between running the business and uh your your personal life so can you name a couple of uh,
0: sure uh but i wouldn't call it
1: balance uh, okay
0: I've, I've never been able to, i've never been able to find balance but oh, okay. i do uh probably the, the best hobby i've got in that is um I am uh, farming, uh, growing hops for beer, and which I think me and you
1: spoke about when you were in town. Yes,
0: and uh, I'm raising lamb uh, for the local market here, so I'm pretending to be a farmer uh, every now and then.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Cool, thank you. And uh, yeah, so and probably the last question, and um, so what do you think? Is the most uh, boring part of your job and your role, and what the most exciting part of your role in the company?
0: Uh, I can't think
1: of a boring one, so I'm gonna struggle (laughs) with that one. Okay. Um, I can.
0: I have some that are less fun than others, but I don't
1: find any of it boring. Okay. Uh, The the most, the most exciting and
0: fun uh, Mm -hmm. part of the job is is kind of is is getting with a group of people and designing something together and going through the ups and the downs the arguments about how the feature should work um the passion that various people bring into that interaction um you know the ultimately coming to a consensus of what the software is going to look like and then you know closed doors people develop and you know and then seeing that final product and know the blood sweat and tears and mm-hmm. uh, you know nerves of did we make the right decision and all those kind of things mm-hmm. I just love it's an endless cycle of that type of process and, mm-hmm. and sometimes they come out beautifully and clients uh, applaud and love them and other times not so much Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I very, very much like the ups and downs of that process. That, mm-hmm. that is by far the most fun.